today's episode of the Glue Guys, we are not. I mean, we're going to talk a little nothing bit about happened. that Celtics no, game. No, nothing happened last night. There's actually some good numbers in the Celtics game. Do you know the Nets had less turnovers than the Celtics? <laughs> is that true? Wow. Should they have won? We'll come talk about that. Actually, we're going to talk about trade deadline. This is, I've been holding back. I've been withholding from you. Let it out. Let it all like, out, Mike. I'm not going to just make a comparison about withholding. I think we can all. Where Mount, are my Mount Smelts is about to erupt. I can feel it. Let's get into it. <laughs> This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. NetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. A subsidiary. The New York Times Company. By the way, Brian, oh. out today uh, via the New York Times Company's communications page, their PR outfit, oh. there is a series that they are promoting called Between the Lines, which looks at the, um, it's how America's biggest game Football uh, grapples with America's biggest issue. Okay. Race. Yeah. <laughs> you disagree? Yeah. Is it bowling? Is it actually, <laughs> actually pickleball is probably. Pickleball is taking off. Let me tell you. In yeah. A pretty it's racist having, sport. Having a if moment. You're gonna... Pickleball? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh, my God. Oh, my Brian. God. Oh, Brian. I've got a lot to learn. I've got a lot to learn. But I am the, uh, I guess the title's executive producer, not to hey, uh, title Mike, drop look here. Look at you. I've been working with Tashawn Reed is the host of the series. Tashawn covers the Raiders for the athletic. Um, he has done an amazing job. He's worked 16 months Whoa. on this series. He's gotten incredible voices, people in the game talking about their experiences, you know, dealing with race based glass ceilings, um, dealing with trying to become socially active when the fear of you're going to get cut mm -hmm. in the NFL is omnipresent. Um, Tashawn has done an incredible job and the New York times had, they released a uh, press release about it today. The trailer is out on the athletic football show. Um, I am super duper proud. The series itself comes out on Valentine's day. Okay. First episode drops, which is the Tuesday after the super bowl. It is going to be a thrill ride an absolute thrill ride. If you actually care about, uh, diversity and inclusion and things like that, this is the series for you. Nice. And so, I say that, and then let's talk about fake trades. But yeah, so I, I just wanted everyone to kind of know that that is happening. Nice. And I joked on Twitter, most people think I'm a Wizards fan with a Nets pod. I am that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a guy who does Do, other stuff. Does long-form narrative journalistic <laughs> projects for The Athletic. Why, you know, why be so bashful? You're being sheepish. I'm being sheepish. Hats because, off to you. Yeah, because this shows a different tone. Anyways, speaking of... um. We're, okay, I, I kind of want to retrace something. Brian does something that I think is is an amazing gift to our listeners. Mm. Brian does a live stream of the games. Where do you? How could you find that live stream? What would be um, the best way? It's on Twitch. Um, you should go to the Discord first. But if you just want to go on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash the Brian Egan. Okay, we're coming out. We're coming out all the way out with this one. Uh, but yeah, we stream the games to Twitch, and it's super fun. Yeah, and and Brian, like you, you watch pretty much every game on Twitch, and people are watching with you. So you watch a lot. I watch a lot. I mean, it's been it's been a rough couple of weeks, but yes, in general, I, I you know, when we get closer to the playoffs, it's going to really ramp up. Like, 
And you did it last night. I did. Uh, I did. Celtics I did do it game. last night, which was a rough. How one. dark did that be? <laughs> it? Was Actually, the ones where it's just a complete blowout on either direction, it's a lot easier just because, like, you just start talking about other random things, getting into astrology, you know, whatever it is. Um, sure. So, so we went. We veered off path last night because, whoa, boy, Mike, that was a doozy. <sighs> so I did put out. I wondered, you know, did last night's game mean nothing, something, or everything? Um, we're, I, I, my mind always says like, oh, it means nothing. It's one game, you know, yeah, sure. It's Boston, but the Nets didn't have Ben Simmons who, who knows if he's going to, when he's going to play again. Of course they didn't have Kevin Durant. They did not have TJ Warren, which is kind of like, we kind of forget that TJ Warren isn't playing basketball. And yeah. he was the guy who, when KD got hurt, he was the guy we were saying, oh, TJ Warren's going to get buckets. He's going to supply the offense that the team needs. And they even had him. For you, nothing, something, everything. Uh, I mean, there was. A, I'm sure you're gonna say everything. Yeah. There was like a. My only real criticism of it was it was kind of like, I mean, that starting lineup that we rolled out with with Sethi and Kyrie against a very tall um, Boston Celtics it was just like it. It didn't make sense on paper. Super didn't make sense right right out of the gate. And then we kind of stuck with it a really long time. And then our first sub off the bench was Cam Thomas. I believe for Joe Harris. And I was like, bring me, give me some Yuta in here. Heck, give me some Markeith Morris, anything, because, um, you know, we were just, it just was like a JV team versus the varsity team at like, it was like, there's, we're just not tall enough right now. Like there's some, sometimes basketball can be simple like that. You know, Kyrie played 31 minutes in Mm -hmm. this game, a game that was just what, I mean, they were down 30 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, then the rest of the quarters, they, you know, they never mounted a real charge. There was a moment when I think they were like within 20 of the Celtics, but you know, they lost by mm-hmm. uh, 43 points, yeah. which is a substantial margin. I, like that's, I, I wonder if Kyrie wanted to play, you know, when like he, he's trying to be a leader on some level and he wants to be out there for the team. He played the most minutes in the game last night. What I would have liked to have seen from Jock Vaughn is not to quit after the first quarter, but to really <laughs> assess in the second quarter yeah. and be like, okay, like, cause they didn't mount, they, you know, they, they were outscored by Boston by four points in the second quarter. So it wasn't like the game got closer. Yeah. I would have liked to have just been like, hey, we're going to rest. And Cam Thomas, you're going to put up 45 shots in this game. He put up 16 shots. Cam Thomas, when given the opportunity, yeah. He has no conscious. He's yeah. just going to go out there and fire buckets. And I don't, yeah, not to say that I minded the camp. I thought that the, I loved it. The, the yeah. camp Thomas early first quarter um, or mid first quarter sub was like, oh, okay, great. We're just going to completely, let's get some Kessler Edwards in here. Let's, you know, let's yeah. make this a, a journey. Um, and then that didn't happen. So it was kind of a, a weird hybrid, confusing half, you know, half in, half out approach to being competitive in that game. I mean, we were two feet all the way out and being competitive immediately. So um, we should have maybe addressed that. I, I agree. Um, So do you think it's something? Should we take any? Is there anything to actually take away from this game? Like, is it something like, oh, we better not get the Celtics in round two if we even get to round two? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, missing okay. obviously two star. I mean, I don't know. Do you? No, I, I don't. Again, I don't think it means a single thing. Like I, I have no. Um, I forget what the Nets matchup with the Celtics have been this year. We not good, not good. Yeah, but but I don't. I mean, the Celtics are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Last night was horrific, mm-hmm. completely horrific. But 
Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons are your second and third best defenders. They are particularly important defenders against Boston because they add so much length on the wings that it makes it more difficult for you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to get off. They yeah. make it a little more difficult for Robert Williams to get his buckets because they are more deterrence at the rim, particularly KD over Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you, you, lose, you lose a lot with the Seth Curry and Joe Harris in place of KD and Ben Simmons. You, you do you do miss it. We go from being a tall, you know, very defensive-minded team to a short, not defensive-minded team pretty immediately. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's, here's what I got for us today. I have some big questions around the trade deadline. Ooh. I have fake trades that I'm obsessed with. You're obsessed. Okay? My guy is obsessed. Obsessed with. There's one in particular that I'm really obsessed with. You're and freaking out over it. Yeah. And I, and all this stuff, you know, here's the art of the fake trade. You have to you can't just put like Zion Williamson in a fake trade. Right? It has to be guys that you know are out there to be had. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of read the wind a little bit here. Um I'm going to start with my first big question for you. Okay. Brian. Without making a trade. Any like significant trade of any sort. So, I would say anything above a level of like flipping Cam Thomas for a backup big. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. If healthy, can the Nets win a championship this year, do you think? Like, do you think they need... Essentially, what I'm asking is, do you think they need to make a semi-significant trade to have a shot at winning a championship? Um, It's a good way to put it. Um, I don't think they need... To have a shot, I don't think they do. I'm increasingly thinking, um, you know, we... There's just... Once, once any of our, like, big players go down, um, we... Actually, although like this, this past um, you know the Knicks game, the Lakers game, you know we're able to beat up on scrappy slash you know teams missing their you know their best players um, <laughs> without our best players. So it's it's it comes out in the wash a little bit. Um, yeah, I'd say I say we have a shot, full strength. I think we have a shot. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think if you say otherwise, you know you're not being super fair. But can you increase the likelihood? I don't know, Mike. Tell me, tell me something. Give me some ideas. Well. I think you can increase the likelihood for sure. I think that without make so like what I'm always trying to figure out, and we've talked about this before, is the gap between uh, improving consistency and building the the foundation that you need to actually, you know, like the problem with last year, they were just so disjointed. The team was a complete mess. They thought they were getting Ben Simmons back, and they didn't get Ben Simmons back, and then they got swept in the first round in a somewhat tight the tightest sweep you could have. Um, and 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 so this year it's been exciting when like the team is actually playing together and you're seeing some level of sort of cohesion being built. Um, I think this team can win a championship with what they have. It really depends on everyone being fully healthy, which is what you could say for any team. There are things that I am worried about. Oh. Um, and this isn't a new thing. My primary concern is Ben Simmons. And, and I, I'm not saying that is like, wow, that's what a shocking hot take. But I am so worried about Ben Simmons in the playoffs. Because in those seven-game series, we all know that the, the way NBA defense is key on weakness, mm-hmm. whether it be switching on to Kyrie to force Kyrie to guard, or when Ben Simmons is on offense – the other team completely, completely even more disregarding him and then doing hack a Ben anytime the Nets are in the bonus. Because that's the thing about hack a Ben. You could do it in the first and the second and the third and the fourth, 
when the nets are in the bonus and you just continue to, you know, like you can kill possessions, kill flow, all that stuff. And Ben Simmons is not mentally there enough to handle the pressures of a postseason yet. Like he's not even, and and who knows, like these injuries, they seem like I'm not doubting that they're not legit. They're just fuzzy. Mm. There's some fuzziness around these injuries and particularly the fact that like, what was it after the game? He had zero points. Um, what was it like three weeks ago? He didn't play the next game. Yeah, because of injury. Oh, oh wow! I like where your and, conspiratorial mind is headed. Yeah, I just I am not deathly afraid. You think he got, I, he had like a hangover from the zero point game? Is what you're saying? He's like, I, I, I think gotta- he ultimately was just like, hey, like there's always something to complain about. Mm-hmm. You know, I play rec ball. Actually, I don't. I just shoot yeah. basketballs by myself. Do you? But I can even in that setting get hurt a little, and decide not to play. No a little one on none. I like it. I'm yeah. like, again, Kyrie playing GTA mm. five or four? Five, yeah. Uh, five. Four, um, four would be very troubling. I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? it's just from like 2007 or something. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I am extremely concerned about Ben Simmons. and But so this conversation is trade deadline, right? What do you do, Bri? Like, I think we haven't heard Ben Simmons' name really be in rumors. And I would think the second that the Nets say, we'll give you Ben Simmons for this, that other team is leaking it because they know that it's going to tank Ben Simmons and it's going to tank his value. And they'll be able to get, if they truly want Ben Simmons, Mm -hmm. like the second the Nets let the cat out the bag that maybe they would trade Ben Simmons, I think it's kind of over for him i don't think he has the um mm. mental the fortitude resiliency or fortitude mm-hmm. to handle being in trade rumors right now man you're really playing armchair psychologist here i mean i'm here for it i like it but um so you think that he's on the trade block but in a clandestine way is what you're saying i think if you're being an honest assessment of this team you cannot rely on Ben Simmons in the playoffs. There's no, and I, I like Ben Simmons. I like the things he does. We've talked about this before. Like if you look at him statistically, he's a positive on the floor. He can be impactful on defense. He puts up assists like crazy. He does end up actually getting open shots for three point shooters, which is incredible because he refuses to like drive to the basket on a consistent basis. He just kind of like we've talked about, he floats into the free throw line where there's no one there and then kind of just, whips these little passes around it is incredible that he can do all this while not being a threat to score i just that that in the playoffs is not going to work like it's not he's mike answer this question is he on the deep state trade block is he on the secret trade block that's the question i think he's on the secret trade block i 100 percent. because also this this is a massive season and trade deadline for sean marks the idea that like if the Nets get bounced in the second round, that Sean Marks won't get fired, I, I as good of a job as I think he's done with Yuta Watanabe and you know Royce O'Neal is not a negative ultimately, um, and you know grabbing you know who else has he grabbed the, the the Nick Claxton pick you could still give him massive credit the Nick Claxton contract one of the best contracts in the NBA right now. <laughs> who did KD want to get fired? Mm-hmm. This offseason. A couple you guys. A few, few guys. Your guy, Steve yeah. Nash. This is also, and, for the YouTube, uh, I have the 
we're, we're just missing Kevin Nash right now. That's how I feel. I mean, sorry, Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel. Um, no, Kevin, Kevin Durant, and I have them hugging. You know that the famous, the seminal photo of of Steve Nash hugging Kevin. Oh, because Steve Nash can't coach, and like all he can do is just like provide, yeah, provide emotional support, yeah. or just mostly be a um, just a representation of our feelings towards Kevin Durant. That's sort of what it is. Yeah. Nash was like a parent who like fostered the artistic side of a child sort of in the way that steven spielberg's mother did but like could never provide the structure <laughs> in his still, life i never watched spielberg it i said now this is the fablements is it good yeah it? okay yeah it's good if you're jewish it's really good uh, you know it's a lot of, a lot of judaism i do i mean you know i've been accused before so i know, yeah. I know you've been around yeah. you've been around the, <laughs> the tribes yeah. So you understand. Although I did uh, 23 and me 80 80th percentile Neanderthal genes of the less than 2% of the population that has Neanderthal genes, Mike. So what does that mean to you? It has, uh, it's got a couple of weird, weird traits associated with ring. Ver- they ring very true for me. Um, bad sense of direction. The Neanderthals have, which is, <laughs> which is very true. I have to street view everything before I get there. You know, I got to visualize it. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. Really, I need like visual cues in order to like get what around. What else do Neanderthals? Uh, they're better sprinters than long dur- uh, long distance runners, <laughs> which is a, so true for me. I was very fast sprinter and could. I don't think I could do a ten minute mile. Like I was really slow long distance. <laughs> so Neanderthal means you're like that's like a stuck in the past. That's an older version of. As far as I understand it, there's up to like around forty thousand years ago or forty thousand BC. There's um. There's still some like lingering tribes of Neanderthal people in Northern Europe somewhere, and they got mated into the general Homo sapien population in a small way. So there's a couple of there's there's a small little vein of of genetics from from that period of time. Uh, what it does for you, it's it's those random things like that, like you know, sprinting and not and not knowing where you're sprinting to, getting sprinting into have the you woods. Desire to have soups every day is that <laughs> could be that it, could be. They it, do the cilantro I mean, thing, you know. This, it gets it down to that granular level, you know. If, like you have the gene oh, of like you, you hate cilantro. Is, do you hate cilantro? I like it, so I don't. Okay. Have it. But also, you can like you know as, asparagus pee, like if you can smell it or not. That's part of it. They can, which I can. You know. Oh, I thought that was universal. No, some people can't smell the asparagus pee. Isn't that crazy? And it's not that it doesn't smell. It just can't smell it. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Let's do a quick break. Coming back. I have fake trades. Nice. And we're back. Brian. Hit me. I, I'm, af- I'm afraid. I'm afraid of Ben Simmons in the playoffs. Are you afraid? Yeah. I mean, everyone is. There's there's um, a collective fear about this. It's, it gets brought up now and again above uh, about Ben Simmons in the playoffs. Also, on the YouTube channel, the comments, Sixers fans infiltrated the YouTube and they were like, we cannot wait to play Ben Simmons in the playoffs <laughs> from our, from our vantage point. I mean, the, the, I think, don't you think there's a mental load on the rest of the team when they play with Ben Simmons? Because you're, you're, Man, you're going in on the poor guy, poor guy. He's on the, he's, well, we just found out he's on the shadow trade block. It's, this is rough. This is a rough <laughs> episode for Ben. He, he's in like the, uh, what's the program in born ultimatum, like Glenstone or, Treadstone. I'm not going to know this. The, I didn't watch those he, movies. Yeah. Okay. Great, great, great flex. Great, great flex. Great flex. <laughs> Fantastic Matt Damon performance. Yeah. Revolutionized action films mm-hmm. for a generation. But he, I mean, he, he I, yeah, I, I don't know. I know where this came from. It's because I watched him play basketball and I know what playoff basketball is like on some level. And I, it's also because I do think this team has a chance to win a championship. And I don't think the Ben Simmons project, this is such a delicate year. Mm. It's so delicate because 
like, is Kyrie staying or going? Does Is Kevin going to ask for a trade at the end of the year if Kyrie leaves or if the Nets can't do anything? Is Ben Simmons' value, in fact, the highest it could possibly be right now? Mm-hmm. I don't know that, but I am so fearful of him in the playoffs. So here's yeah. what you have to think about. Here's the fake trades. And I have fake trades without Ben Simmons. Okay, But you have to think about the teams that are like the, the Utah Jazz, Indiana Pacers, sort of these teams that you thought were tanking, but have a little juice to them. Okay, But because they are where they are in their maturation process, they can sort of take on the Ben Simmons project. Because the Ben Simmons project is, it's a long-term you know, it's it's Avatar two. It's a way of water. It's going to take a while before the technology catches up right. to the to, where to the way you actually yeah. want to put out the movie. So, you tell me, is you know, are are these guys like just completely like trash, and you would never do it? Mike Connolly and Jared Vanderbilt for Ben Simmons. They, here's why I like it. Okay, Jared mm. Vanderbilt is. Like that four or five athletic energy guy. He's actually out of the starting lineup for the Utah Jazz. Walker Kessler is the new starting center, new starting big for the Jazz. And Mike Connolly is he has a two year deal. He's like I've always been obsessed with Mike Connolly. I know. You you really have. It's interesting. I just think he's Malcolm Brogdon for the Nets. Like he's the steady backup point guard. He's averaging like eight, nine assists this year. His shooting's down a little bit, but that's also because there's like he's taking more volume or he's mm-hmm. taking it's harder to shoot if you don't have Donovan Mitchell next to you. Yeah. Also, he's older, and we've always seen guys when they get older, their two point percentage goes down. I like Mike Connolly a lot for this team because I do think if you get rid of Ben Simmons, you're going to need a ball handler to play with your backup lineups. He he could be in lineups with Kyrie because Kyrie ultimately also isn't a point guard, as yeah. we've talked about so many times in the past. I, I think that they're so and Utah is a team that we that have been rumored to be interested in Ben Simmons at one point. And so you say, here is Mike get me get me basically two <clears throat> low end starters, high end bench players for Ben Simmons, who is impactful and can be good, but I just don't have any faith for him in the playoffs. Is that just not interest to you? Um you know, I'm mostly thinking about like how to um, maintain the value of Ben Simmons. I mean, you're talking about this in a very practical way, and I and I applaud you because that's you know you're just trying to like eke out playoff wins, and I get that. But also, there's like a sort of long term thing where like you get one chance to trade Ben Simmons, and if that's going to be for a sort of p- potentially backup point guard level player and and you know a solid role player uh, that kind of fits a need. Like, that's a pretty, like, we just traded James Harden for him. And I get it. Like, James Harden has his own issues and he's on a, a sort of declining part of his career as well. Fine. But, like, I don't know. I feel I kind of want a little more star power. I mean, maybe this is me being greedy. I don't know if, but if we're going to go that route, like, is is there any star power in, in this situation? Because if not, I mean, I'm here for that. But, like, and if we're just kind of making making advancements on the edges and, and actually playing practical X's and O's, like, does this player fit into the rotation? That's fine. But like, also, just like, damn, we got Mike Connolly <laughs> out of this out of this whole long like trip around the world to get to James Harden to Ben Simmons to, to Mike Connolly. I don't know Mike Connolly and like a, <laughs> yeah. a, a backup big who just doesn't really do anything. It's and this is like there is a little bit of like marketing, marketing, marketing involved with this. To my mind, it's just like this is. Um, you know, maybe we're at the point now where we have to eat the fact that this is going to be an unsexy trade when it, whenever it does happen, if it does happen. So that's my thing. So like, 
I would love to hold on to Ben Simmons, basically banish him. Like it, the best scenario, I think, because I think if he plays in the playoffs, his value is going to tank because I think it's not going to go well. It's going to be the bright spotlight of Ben Simmons not scoring points in the playoffs is going to be such a big deal that you're not going to be able to then like you also think about GMs if they're going to trade for Ben Simmons. You have to convince owners that, you know, Ben Simmons is good and they'll be like the guy who scored zero points against the yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers or whatever. <laughs> it is this hard thing of like if if you trade Ben Simmons for Mike Connolly or Malik Beasley or Mike Connolly and Jared Vanderbilt, that yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Then then the the butterfly effect of James Harden from uh, Levert and Jared Allen into James Harden and draft picks. Great, right? Draft picks go away. And then it's like down, down, down. Yeah, just into, always diminishing returns on this thing. Right. Yeah. But but if you're trying to win a championship this year, I almost don't think you can wait to trade the Ben Simmons chip this offseason. Like, I, I just don't think you have... I almost don't think they can win a championship with Ben Simmons. Wow. Wow. You're going in. This is such a, I feel like this is like a total 180 from where you've been like the last couple of weeks on Ben Simmons. I know. Cause I've just been thinking about it a lot. I've just been picturing what somebody has been talking team's... to you. Who's been talking to you. Somebody's <laughs> in your ear. Rich Paul. Rich Paul's been talking to you. <laughs> you know, I do want to, you know, I know this is also one of my, like, this is one of the things I obsess about. I do think LeBron is going to be, maybe be available. Like he's maybe going to want to be traded. This offseason, if the, I mean, particularly if the Lakers miss the playoffs and they have no tangible way to like really improve their roster, he, you know, I'm not breaking news here. I really think the Nets are one of the teams that he would go to mm. because of his connection to Kyrie. And they seem, I mean, he wanted Kyrie to come to the Lakers because of his previous connection with Kevin Durant, because he's never played in New York. Yeah. The way to make it happen, though, you need Ben Simmons on the roster to flip. And also, here's the thing Ben Simmons is a clutch client. I'm pretty sure. And as we've seen in the past, uh, LeBron will get clutch clients paid, but ultimately the guy that they are, um, the guy that clutch is most trying to help is LeBron. Mm -hmm. So if LeBron wants to go to Brooklyn, he will say, hey, Ben, yeah. the, live in LA, live, play for the Lakers. Life's great. You know, that, that's basically how things are going to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, and I think we've talked about that. Maybe, maybe we haven't, but um, that's the version of it where it's, you know, you get the sexy star power a little bit back from, from now, now the trip around the world seems less, um, I don't know, less like diminishing returns over and over again. One well, other trip I like. So Is you don't, so would you not, yeah. you don't want to even wait till to the off season to see if that manifests. You, you want to get ahead of this now for Mike Connolly and get out of the LeBron sweepstakes altogether. So, yeah. Yes, I think I, I would, and I will say, like, if you if you had Mike Connolly and Joe Harris, you technically would have the contracts to get LeBron. I mean, what may happen is that another thing that has been emerging is that Nick Claxton is on one of the best contracts in basketball. He's become the Nets' best trade piece. Technically, he's way such a more significant trade piece than Ben Simmons. So, like, the Nets because of Nick Claxton have a guy who yeah we got a pot sweetener. Right there. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a real jewel mm -hmm. to trade away if you put Nick and whatever draft picks that they can have together. Plus, you know what? Like Joe Harris is, has value, I think, still in the NBA. Like they, in this offseason, they could be very interesting, and particularly if guys want to come to Brooklyn, which they I think they still may. 
would you want to do so Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, whatever, and then for LeBron and whatever comes back to make the salaries work? Is that is that something you would you would oh, want to yeah. do? You do that. You do that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Le- yeah. LeBron's still amazing, and he, he's like a particu- particularly good fit potentially between like because he does a lot of the Ben Simmons stuff, but then he actually has a whole you know <laughs> he's a like, whole bag. He's like a winner yeah. <laughs> and not a, not a complete. Whoa, you're going in on Ben. I. Just, I want everyone to picture what this is going to be like with Ben Simmons in the playoffs, right? And I would love it if he played basketball and he had steady improvement. But he's had like this step forward, two steps back, step forward, two steps back. Mm -hmm. He is impactful. I just think he, right now, we talked before the season. The best situation for Ben Simmons is the Nets because Kyrie and Katie will get buckets and all Ben has to do is just fill the gaps. And he has done that. I don't think Brooklyn's the best situation for Ben Simmons mm. because he really ultimately needs to go to like the Houston Rockets or some bad team. And he just needs to play in the way that like Markel Fultz went to the Magic. Yeah. And we didn't care about Markel Fultz anymore. And Markel Fultz has like rounded himself yeah, into like fine. he's he's flawed, but he's he's a guy. has a career. Yeah. He's a guy. Ben Simmons is better than Markel Fultz. And I think he needs to go to indiana or he needs to go to utah like if you go to utah live your life go to aspen <laughs> your life. or wait what's what's uh park city is utah sure go to hang out in park city get get tapped into that that social scene yeah make that like your instagram get profile some non-alcoholic some beers yeah yeah just live that life you could fly to private jet to la all the things that you want to do but then he could grow Somewhat organically. Mm-hmm. I understand. So the teams you look for again is like, you know, he, not the Lakers, but he's, I don't know. I just think he's a guy that needs to go. Here's my massive trade that I really Oh, love. wow. Here we go. Okay. The Nets, this is a three team trade Nets, Hawks, Jazz. Okay. The Nets get Mike Connolly, Malik Beasley, and John Collins. The Hawks get Patty Mills and Joe Harris, and maybe like a pick. The Jazz get Ben Simmons. All of it works financially. This is why it happens. Malik Beasley instead of Jared Vanderbilt because you're trading Joe Harris. The Hawks, it seems like the Hawks are all over the map. At one point, it seems like John Collins is like three first-round picks and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's been reported increasingly that they're the value for what they're expecting for John Collins is going down and down. They are a mess in the locker room. They have been for years. John Collins has been on the block for years. John Collins and Ben Simmons together. Make no sense. No. Right? Yeah. They, they, the Hawks, need shooting. They need a good person, just like a who's a better person than Joe Harris? What a, and Patty Mills. Patty Mills is in this trade. Okay. Two great guys. Couple guys. No, two, two shooters go over there. Malik Beasley and Mike Conley are very much on the market. Mm-hmm. Tim McMahon was on Zach Lowe's pod. He was talking about how the Jazz are willing basically to trade anyone, not for cheap, but will trade anyone besides Lori Markinen. Uh, Walker Kessler and the the rookie that they got from Kansas or the guy who they got from Cleveland. Uh, guys, I don't even know his name. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even matter. Are you talking about Colin so, Sexton? No, it's not Colin Sexton. It's like a OG Achua or something like oh, that. Yeah. I forget what his name is. He So those guys are available. So you give the Jazz Ben Simmons, who maybe they kind of want, who's on a longer-term deal, a much higher ceiling than what Mike Connolly and Malik Beasley are, of course. The Nets get a backup point guard or a guard to play with Kyrie in certain moments, 
a real point guard. That's who Mike Connolly is, a real point guard, a shooter to replace the Joe Harris, and John Collins to replace Ben Simmons. You do all this. Mm-hmm. John Collins is actually on a longer contract for cheaper money than Ben Simmons. He's a way better player. So then your starting five is Kyrie, probably Royce O'Neal or Malik Beasley or Seth Curry, whoever, whichever the shooter wings you want. Maybe it's Mike Connolly just to mm-hmm. represent mm-hmm. a little starter. KD, John Collins, and uh, and Nick Claxton. Hmm. And you have your size. I don't hate it, Mike. I don't hate it. You have real size now. You can play John Collins as a small ball five in certain lineups. Mm-hmm. Now, do, again, like we have to do this whole thing of like, would the Hawks want to sell John Collins at that rate? Would the Jazz want Ben Simmons? I don't know. I think it feels like a place I mean, that we could be close to. The Hawks to. have been posturing wildly about what John Collins is worth. I mean, if that's the return, they're probably, I mean, that would be a big L for them potentially. But um, yeah. <laughs> but let's take that out of the equation. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think is like the highest offer that they're, po- they're possibly going to get for John Collins? I think if like, I mean, it's funny if you're, I don't know what team, like, are you a contender trying to get John Collins or are you like yeah, a Pacers, a- those kind of teams that are like, because Collins is relatively young and on a long contract, we'll grab him. You know, like for the Utah Jazz, it's interesting because again, they can't get guys as free agents, but if you trade for guys on long-term contracts, like that's the other thing about the Jazz, they'll never get someone like Ben Simmons signing with them, but but you get them in your program and it you is, hope that Will Hardy coaches him up and all that stuff. It's sort of the, like, if you, it's kind of like the Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets sort of situation. Like if you have a good enough team, he's the kind of guy that could just like, you know, helpful, super, you know, super useful, but kind of like is again, like diminished in, in, um, in, in their stature and their career, or whatever, potentially on something like this. Um, does John Collins like, does he want to go to a team where he can like, or not him wanting to, whether, whether that's the case or not, doesn't matter. But like, is there an ascendant version of John Collins to be unlocked on the Pacers or whatever? Um, have we, have we seen the best of John Collins? I'm not sure. Cause like the Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets thing was sort of like a, okay, you've done your, your sort of that version of, of your yeah. career. And now let's get you onto a winning team where you're doing a little bit less at, to greater effect. I think I've seen John Collins in interviews. I think he's a good dude. It seems like most of the bad vibes in Atlanta come from Trey Young. The Trey Young camp. Mm-hmm. The thing, the problem with John Collins is that he is, he does consume the space that like Nick Claxton consumes. Like John Collins is a great pick and roll big because he can pick and pop and he can roll and he's athletic. He dunks, which is like another thing. Like, yeah. give me some dunks. I want. It, it is what I do like it. The Mike Connolly pairing with with um, John Collins. Because otherwise, we don't really have. I mean, we don't really have a lot of pick and roller guards to to play with him. Like Kyrie could do that more, um, but we don't even do that that much with even with Nick Claxton, who's pretty you know pick and rollable. I Clax Clax and Kyrie are um, doing more of it. They're doing more lately, particularly with Kyrie KD out. I think they've like they've realized. Oh, we have to. We got to have an offense. Something we got to do. Yeah, a we, thing. We, we, we got to do a thing as opposed yeah. to just like dribbling around. Yeah. Now, is this like too much change? Is it too much insertion into the middle of the team? It's a lot of insertion, Mike. Like Joe Harris is pretty like easy player to play with because you know what he's going to do. Patty Mills doesn't play. My whole thing is that like, again, I don't trust Ben Simmons. And I actually think he's very incredibly tough to play with because you, he just go, he, he just is unlike any player in the NBA. It's yeah. not easy to play with Ben Simmons. So, I think there's going to be a freeing mentality for other nets to be like, if we're playing with like just regular NBA players who are 
low end starters or somewhat talented yeah. who play like normal people, then we can all play like normal people. We don't have to like <laughs> do a special offense. It's kind of like That's, it is a good. It's like a re- sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that. cut me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That the there is like a thing where we're like, oh, it's going to take so much time to integrate new players. Well, it takes a long ass time to integrate Ben Simmons. Like it could take like three yeah. whole years to like totally unlock the Ben Simmons of the future. Um, do we have three years to do? Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you think no, we do? No, we don't. Do you? Because like, yeah. if this team loses in the second round, let's say it's a really good second round series, a seven game series, really competitive. If it's like the Nets play the Bucks in the second round, I mean, and they lose, is that truly a disappointment? Yeah, there's another part to it where, like, I'm thinking about, like, do the Nets have more to gain by winning these regular season games? Like, the regular season so far has been weird. This, like, for the NBA, broadly speaking, just, like, a huge amount of people scoring tons of points and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, we when all our, our big three, if we're calling it that still, we're all playing, we were winning games. And it's like, but do it sounds like to me, like, and, and you know, if I'm wrong, you tell me, is there a vein of distrust running through that those regular season wins that like we're maybe trying a little bit harder, like we, we have a little bit more to prove to get those wins in the regular season than some of the other really good teams in the East? Um, are we buying it all the way? And furthermore, does it even matter if it, we get to the playoffs where the game condenses down and um, we have a pretty obvious flaw in our big three? I... I believe in this team. I believe in everyone on this team, but Ben Simmons. Wow, I can't believe you. This one eighty, this this heel turn. We, we haven't potted in a while. We haven't. Just, it, we just haven't potted. It's a week. And, I mean, in a week, you've gone. It's a heel I, turn. I just been. This is all I've been thinking about. I've been. Oh God, I've been you've been stewing. Just, I gotta start talking to you more. I gotta. You're you left to your own devices. You go dark. You're going <laughs> dark. Really dark. I've been watching Cronenberg movies only, and I'm have just, you? My mind. Nah, nah. I'm terrified. Infinity Pool. I'm, I'm gonna go surf this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the his that's, son's movie, so not the yeah. same. But he seems like a real nice guy. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Is he? Is there? Is he not a nice guy? He just looks. He just looks sad, and all of the like press <laughs> photos of him with the beautiful Alexander Skarsgård. Who I like should we be concerned of? Should we be concerned about Skarsgård? I mean, like every role he's in, he's basically getting like just pummeled. Yeah, I don't That's know. I like how you went. Like he looks like oh, he looks like a nice guy, and he's like, well, he looks sad. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> That's so. I'm just getting a Cheer lot. Of, up. You made a movie. <laughs> God damn it! Smile. You made a movie about breastfeeding. <laughs> Isn't um, that what the movie's about? I don't know. I got to see it. I got to watch it. Um, oh, sorry. Have, you, it have you seen Crimes of the Future yet? There's a lot of good stuff no. in Crimes of the Future. It's not scary. Is there? Um, yeah, it's like classic Cronenberg stuff. I mean, he's like in his 80s making these movies notes. It's quite a quite a feat. Quite a feat. I'm here for Speaking it. I'm here for the feat. ride. <laughs> Cronenberg. No, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. I, I, so, so this was kind of an anti- the Real quick ones like we talk about Seth Curry. I wouldn't want to trade Seth Curry because I kind of I just really value what he does. I do think there's an interesting idea of trading Seth Curry for Jay Crowder. I don't really want Jay Crowder. I think there's a better chance that he's washed than like a real asset to a contender. Mm-hmm. But I don't want Jay Crowder on the Bucks or the Celtics. Like I would be as much as I don't think Jay Crowder is great, I would fear him on the Celtics in particular because it just gives them another defender to rough up. Mm. Our beautiful basketball players. I would fear them on the Bucks because it gives them another basketball player. Because like each of those teams are about a player short on their bench, mm-hmm. and Jay Crowder slots in nicely to each of those contenders. Yeah. Or Miami, of course. But Miami, I'm not like terrified of, regardless. Um, and so I wonder if like there's some game theory of the Nets 
<laughs> just take trading. him taking him off the market so that somebody yeah, else just can get him. Get take him off the market and the Nets actually have pieces that the Suns could want. It's funny though the Nets keep trading <clears throat> small shooters to the Suns. Yeah. Like what's happened to Landry Shamit? Remember uh Yeah. Remember how we had to defend Landry Shamit? Shamwell, yeah. Um that's it. That's the pod. I mean I think you know, I think the Nets are going to make a trade. I think Sean Marks is desperate. I don't know if it's going to be Ben Simmons, but because we've heard no Ben Simmons rumors. But if I'm desperate, if I'm thinking from Sean Marks, if I'm desperate and Ben is doing what he's doing, which is fine, but not great, that's the button I'm pressing. Mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm like the conspiracy of the shadow market. I mean, I'm just into it that like you think that there's, that there's some, that there's conversations being had. Is that what you're trying trying to tell me, Mike? And do you have special insight? Have you, who have you been talking to? Again, you've been talking Darryl to people. Daryl Morey and I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, him and I do a podcast about Hong Kong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Spicy. Mike, where do they find us? They find us on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself on the paywall at TheAthletic.com. Look for Between the Lines on The Athletic Football Show coming out. Really? Valentine's Day, February 14th. <sighs> Hats off to you, Mike. Congrats on, on the, on the hard work. You put in work. Yeah. All right. Work. Bye, everybody. So long. <laughs>